And like a red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship, we're back to Salts of the Streets podcast. It is Saturday, December 1st, 1047 a.m. And I'm still sporting a mustache. Welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets podcast, your one and only source for social and political commentary on weekly news, pop culture, and sports built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. Join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and continue our endless efforts to bridge the gap between people and information. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Colin. I am Donovan. And coming up on this week's show, we've got some major news coming out of the Senate concerning Yemen. We have a bunch of Trump-related news with the Mueller investigation and Manafort. We got some uh, Russia-Ukraine-type news coming up. We yeah. both have pretty loaded grab bags, and uh, so who knows where this show is going to go. Yeah. No, it's it's going to be a good one. It's been a big week. Um, super, super busy week, you know what I'm saying? Oh, um, I know. <laughs> I had I had an enormous event happen to me this week, right? I'm very, you, I'm so you about. dangled so. this in front of me before the show. I'm excited. Yes. So, listeners of the show who have been here for a long time, um, you have heard us talk before about Dave Ellis, mm-hmm. right? Also, Pam. They were married. Dave Ellis passed away a little while ago, like a year and a half ago or so. Um, Really amazing, man. And Yes. Dave Ellis was amazing. Um, We worked with him. We used to talk to him all the time. He was rad. And ever since, I've been super close with Pam. And he also used to do, we we work with another guy named Shane. He's got four daughters, which is fucking crazy. But AKA um, the Shane Train. Yes. Yep. Um, I feel like I'm probably the only one that called him that. Probably, <laughs> um, but that just makes it a more endearing. Indeed. So you know what I'm saying. So, so Dave and Shane used to do crosswords together every day at lunch. Yeah. Right. And so the first day that Dave wasn't at work, Shane still sat down, printed out two crosswords, and had one in the chair next to him, like with a pen there, you know, with like with an empty chair. And I could have fucking cried watching that. Right. I'm gonna cry right now. Broke my heart. So I told Shane, I was like, can't be doing that. And like I will absolutely do crossword with you. Like every day, so that you don't have to be doing this by yourself because that is horrible, right? Yeah. So I've been doing a crossword with Shane every day at work since Dave Ellis died, right? On the 30th, on Thursday, I finished my first crossword. I finished my first fucking crossword this week. It's been over a year that I've been doing these goddamn crosswords, and I finally finished my first one. Shane wasn't fucking at work that day to see it. <laughs> he wasn't there at lunch to see it, but he had printed out the crosswords and gave them to us. And I, so I told him I did it, and I was like, and you're not even fucking here to see it. And he was like, that's super right. He said, Dave would be proud. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And I just like, I almost cried, you know, I was like, that's too much. Like just to think about that. And I just super proud. So I went over and I showed it to Pam and I was like, Hey, finish my first crossword. She said the same thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, this is too much. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She's like, that's so difficult. Like you've been doing this for so long. Like that's so fucking rad. And it's like, it's the USA today fucking crossword. You know, it's not the New York Times. It's not whatever, but like a crossword is not an easy fucking thing to no. do. You know, I've tried and, to do that one with them a couple times back in the day. Nope. And you got to do in, the deal is you got to do it in your lunch hour, you know, mm-hmm. in that 35 minutes or whatever that you take for lunch. You got to finish it in that. Yep. So I finished a crossword by myself, no assistance in 35 minutes in pen, fall the fuck out. Man, I'm proud of you for doing that. <sighs> yeah. It that's, was, that's, I can't do that. It was I can great. do Sudoku and all that, but I, for whatever reason, crosswords just 
elude me. It was fantastic. It was tough. Um, but when I got to uh, like the last two, my fucking heart was pounding. I was like, I oh fucking God, got, I got this. I'm I got fucking this. doing this right now. Like, I got this shit. Yeah. No, it was awesome. Uh, made me feel, you know, close to Dave. Just made me think of Dave the whole time. It was awesome. So, yeah. wrote the date on it, stashed it in my little pattern box. Um, so, I'll, I'll be keeping that one for yeah. sure. Laminate so, that thing. Yeah. That's what Shushing. I should do. Yeah. As I should laminate it. Do you guys yeah. have a laminator one? Oh, I'm sure that we have a laminator. Got it, right? I'm certain that we do. Like most offices these days have like an old laminator stashed away somewhere. I bet that big crazy copy machine we have laminates shit. <laughs> I better. Yeah. Those, oh, man. I remember when I was in uh, Coast Guard, we had worked through, I don't remember, I don't know if it was Xerox or one of the other major companies. To get like a loaner one because to buy it outright was like fifty, you know, fifty grand or yes, something like that. Yeah, those things are insanely expensive. Copy machines are crazy expensive. So nuts. Yeah, there's got to be some kind of, you know, industrial copy machine cartel out there controlling the math <laughs> prices on these things. My mom one time she used to be a a program manager for a company that was job coaches for adults with disabilities, mm-hmm. and they got a new copier and. Their boss told them to just get rid of the old one, you know, just handle it. And so we took it to one of our coworkers' houses in the backyard and we destroyed it with like hammers and fucking like crazy shit. Straight like, office space style? Yep. Yes, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. And good move. They made like a slideshow, like a PowerPoint um, that they showed him, you know, of pictures of us like destroying this fucking copier. That's awesome. A strange thing. I was young when we did that. Dude, that's so cool. They had a really interesting childhood. <clears throat> Maybe one day we'll get to that level where we can have, actually we can have a terrible copy machine that we can take out back and just beat with baseball bats. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> How do we go from Dave to copy machines? Oh, yeah, uh, laminating. <laughs> yeah, just a fantastic day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. Word. So before we move on, don't forget to uh, check us out on social media. Yeah. Instagram. and everything. At Salt of the Streets, Facebook, at Salt of the Streets, weekly blog, saltofthestreets.com. Also, everything else that we post is on there. Um, whatever platform you're listening to on right now, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, get on there. Give us a nice little uh, rating and a review. Really, really helps us out. Gets the word out there. This lovely Salt of the Streets t-shirt, which, you know, if you're an audio listener, go to YouTube Salt of the Streets channel and you can see it. If you screenshot one of those reviews that you send us and send it to us on one of our social salt of the streets, social medias, or even one of our personal ones, $5 off your first t-shirt, which I think 20 bucks without the screenshot. And so 15 bucks with the screenshot, 15 dollar for, yeah, for an artisan made t-shirt artisan craft t-shirt, if you will, handcrafted. (laughs) So there's that. There is always that our personal, Social medias. I'm at Big Bird Offy on both the Twitter and the Instagrams. And I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. <clears throat> Wordism. So, how do you want to, where do you want to start this thing today, Don? You want to start with the Mueller Trumpy stuff or do you want to start Senate, Yemen, Russia, Ukraine stuff? Um, let's start. With the Yemen thing, because I forgot to look into that, and that's kind of a quick little okay, thing, yeah. just an update. So, 
if you want to like brush over that because I know what you're talking about, but I didn't look any articles about it, so I don't have information written down about it. Word. Is what well, if you want some contextual background, if you will, saltthestreets.com. Check out my latest blog post I did this week. Oh yes, which was really really fun because oh, look at you. It uh, it turned into like kind of a small tiny little chunk of history lesson about kind of the relationship between Ukraine and Russia since the Soviet Union fall of so on and so forth. Words. Kind of just barely hit some of the main points to get us caught up to this, was it this weekend's event? Was it Monday, Sunday? I don't remember the There's been a couple of different things, but the first thing you mentioned was about Yemen, the Senate Declaration of Yemen. And that's what I was saying that I hadn't looked anything up on. I have stuff here about Russia and about Ukraine. Um, for the Yemen thing, that's the quick thing. That yeah. So the real quick like thing that. is uh, Wednesday. Yes. They the Senate had a closed door hearing with Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, and Defense Secretary James Mattis concerning the U.S. in uh, military support or involvement in the war in Yemen. Yes. And a lot of this kind of spider legs out to the Khashoggi stuff, just kind of general Saudi Arabia relations stuff, the trade deal, all the all the stuff. Because the Saudis are shady as fuck. Yeah, it's, it's really not good. But before we get to the Senate actual vote on this thing, it's, you know, the... It's all just reports that we're getting because this was a closed-door session, which is always hard to deal with because you never have, you know, quotes or you don't, you don't really have all the context just from leaks. the horse's mouth. Yeah. yeah. And, and most of it is, you know, the senators are filing out of the hearing room and then they just get hit up by reporters right then and there. Um, so, you, you know, I saw little interviews with... Oh, Senator Lindsey Graham, Dick Durbin, you know, a bunch of other, um, bunch of other people. And essentially the whole thing was kind of based off of what, you know, as a nation, what do we do about this, this Yemen conflict? Because we are kind of directly, we're directly indirectly involved. Yes. And we talked you know. about the Yemen conflict a couple of weeks ago. Just, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you, but just so everybody knows, if you are not 100% certain about what we're talking about, you can stop now, go back a couple episodes, all to the streets because, sorry about my <laughs> there, just did this. So I had a little bit of saliva going on there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, we dove into it. It was a listener request. Isaiah, I think. From asked, Isaiah, I believe. Um, it was either Isaiah or Marquise. One of them asked about it. Yeah. And so we went over the Yemen thing a couple weeks ago. Pretty in-depthly. Um, and the big thing that a lot of people are upset about is a big common theme in Yemen now is people having negative feelings towards America because a lot of the bombs that are being dropped in Yemen are American-made missiles. Yes. Terpsos. That are being sold to the Saudis and then used against the people in Yemen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the way the, the Saudis... <clears throat> are waging this war, there is little to no regard for civilian population. It's almost indiscriminate. It's yeah. just... And I mean, I've seen numbers all over the place, but essentially you're looking at hundreds of thousands of civilians yeah. dead for, you know, essentially just getting caught in the crossfire. Yes. And that's one part of what they were there to talk about. They were also there to talk about... Um, you're going to drip it. MBS's... Oh, oh. Here, I'll hand that off to you. 
uh, MBS's involvement, um, the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Yeah, which motherfucking Mike Pompeo, that piece yeah. of shit. I mean, he knows what he's doing. He's a fucking professional. I'll tell you that much. Um, but anyways, th- we had Mike Pompeo and James Mattis there being questioned by the, you know, whatever committee this was. I'm not totally sure. Probably but the intelligence committee. Yeah, it's probably the intelligence committee because um, they were all upset that, you know, because the CIA report came out. I think we talked about it either last week, week that before, it, we, Yeah, like that. we did talk about that last week. Yeah. The CIA report had come out that they had decided, maybe not decided is the right word, but they had found that the murder of Jamal Khashoggi could not have been carried out without the involvement or at least the knowledge of Mohammed bin Salman. Yeah. And essentially, they were pissed off that CIA director Gina Haspel wasn't there to talk about that. Um, because she's the one, she's one of the only people that has seen the videos, heard the audio, in person. has all of that information, has the most information because she's the head of the CIA. Yep. She should have been there. And then the brief that she makes <laughs> then gets forwarded to the president. She yes. briefs the president. President and I'm sure Mike Pompeo and James, you know, James Mattis and stuff were all there during the briefing, but they don't actually, at least as far as we know, they didn't make the report. They don't, no. they've just, they may have seen it, you yeah. know, but, uh, but essentially, yeah, the big to do here is that Mike Pompeo made a bunch of statements in the press afterwards, essentially saying that there was, there's no smoking gun to put you know, the the murder of Jamal Khashoggi in MBS's hands. Which, just like President Trump, directly contradicts the CIA report that was put out last week. Exactly. Because from my understanding, from all reports right now, because we can't see this CIA report. Right. It doesn't sound like there is, okay, yes, this is the exact piece of evidence that we can say in a U.S. court of law prove that he did. But that's the thing. It's not a U.S. court of law. This right. is the CIA gathering enough intelligence to make a assumption or a, a I don't know what you would call it. A statement strong enough to say that they don't see a way that it could have been done yes. without the knowledge of Mohammed bin Salman. There's no way that happened without him at least knowing about it. Yeah. and But because there's no smoking gun, Mike, <laughs> Mike Pompeo decided to use that as the one tool to try to help maintain the administration's stance on basically just yeah just kind of you know oh yeah we don't like that right but i mean we'll we'll go ahead and sanction the other people responsible for it i think it was 12 or 13 maybe up to i can't remember the exact number but might be uh, up to 17 might be 17 is ringing in my head for some reason but uh but essentially that's not good enough for him yeah because it's just you know you have that uh that one tiny piece of evidence that just says, you know, it, that you don't have that makes that direct link and he can stand on that. Yeah. Even though it's like 99.9% sure he was completely responsible for that, you know. And so, anyways, he toted that line. Jim Mattis essentially parroted what he said. Yeah. So on and so forth. And after this whole thing is said and done, the Senate passes a resolution 63 to 37, which in, if you know much about today's Senate balance and all that, that's a, that is a full on bipartisan <clears throat> victory right that's like, there. That's overwhelming almost. Yes. Like that's, that's, I mean, it like used a, to be that you needed to pass 60 40 anything. Right. But in today's world, a 63 
37, essentially a 60-40 vote, yeah. is about as good as you can possibly get to for bipartisan support. Yeah, that's great. And, and all this is, is a, it's a Senate resolution saying that we are no longer going to be involved, U.S., you know, militarily, U.S. in, in Yemen anymore. We're not going to support this anymore. We're, we're backing out. Yep. Which, as it turned out, apparently is the first time that U.S. Senate has done that since uh, Vietnam, I guess. Ballin. Yeah. Which Good. also goes to show you about how we actually engage in war as a nation anymore. The, the Senate and the Congress in general don't really have, have a say anymore. anymore yeah. yeah. Used to be, I mean, constitutionally, that they have to vote the nation into a state of war. Yeah, what's what's that shit called? The authorization for the use of military force, the yeah. AUMF, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and that's what that's what all this shit has been done under, you know, and not under, yeah. like you said, Congress authorization. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that's a whole that's a whole problem with, you know, how the U.S. found a loophole to try to deal with terrorism worldwide militarily. Yeah, and get away with it. Um, but anyways, um, so now that resolution will go down to the House, uh, the House of Congress, to yeah. the House of Representatives, and uh, they still have to vote on it, which apparently is still going to be kind of a battle. Um, but you would think there'd be enough Democrats in there now that are against war, just kind of. Well, as they still a whole got thirty days. That, oh, before the new ones are in there. Yeah, war. they don't start until January first, mm. and so right now, that's why you know you have. We talked about last week. That, good lad. Yeah, good lad Trey and Trey Gowdy trying to make some last-minute moves because yeah. they're all – they don't have a job next month, yeah. most of them, uh, which is such a shame Retiring. for some of those people. Retired. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we don't know how that's going to go. You never know. It may just stick in the house for a while too. They may say, hey, we, we need to hold off on this yeah. until – I mean, they're real good at that. <clears throat> but I, I think um, that needs to be done. We talked about that again when we talked about Yemen – um, that I don't, I don't think we need to be involved in that. No. You know, that's not something we need to be doing. If that's how the Saudis are going to be conducting uh-huh. those airstrikes, we don't need anything to do with that. I mean, I don't think we need a whole well, lot to do with Saudis no. in general. But um, I mean, what's the first thing? This. What is the the first pivot point during a conversation that anybody in the administration has when it comes to Yemen? It automatically pivots to Iran. Yeah, because that's the actual war going on in Iran or in Yemen. It's it's a proxy war between Iran and, and Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Arabia, and so since Saudis right now our boy, we back them militarily, and we just we can't do that with the way the the Saudis wage war. Well, and they keep you know they keep calling Iran like the largest funder or worldwide funder of terrorism or whatever you know Mm -hmm. and i don't i guess i don't understand how that's calculated right because we also talked about during the yemen thing or maybe a separate conversation um but when we talked about saudi arabia how many radicalist imams and religious leaders come out of saudi arabia oh yeah go into other places and radicalize people in other countries you Mm -hmm. know so I think that it's really interesting that that's the line that's chosen for Iran, where I could see monetarily they're putting the most money into terrorist groups. But yeah. I mean, you, like like but I said, I, you I have think, these people coming out of Saudi Arabia that are radicalizing people in other countries. And I think the the fact that most people are going off of, I don't, I don't even know if you would call it a fact, but the assumption that they're, I think, making these decisions off of to try to justify our relationship is the fact that ever since... 
9-11, essentially, because mm-hmm. that's when we realized, for the most part, all that money trail, all kind of, you know, a vast majority of it comes from Saudi Arabia at the time. And, like, most of the people. Yeah, that's, well, that's essentially what I'm talking about. Yeah. It all kind of comes back to there, for the most part. Not all of them, but... Um, Almost But I all think the assumption is that since then, and since America has kind of done what they did... Saudi Arabia has, especially with MBS rolling in lately, and you remember arresting and expelling, you know, thousands of, you know, these people, hundreds brought of them. Brought them to that party. Yeah. And locked them up. Yep. Was, See ya. And I think that was supposed to be the indication that, okay, this is no longer the, the quote unquote, the same, you know, kingdom of Saudi Arabia that we were dealing with. They're new yeah. and they're they're now our friends. You know, they're westernizing slowly but surely. And that's why they did all those progressive reforms for all yeah. like we talked about last week again with the being letting women drive and you know now they can go to sporting events and go to the mm-hmm. movies and they get jobs and all the whatevers. Yeah. Um, Which it's like a, a fucking trick. You know? Well that's yeah. It's it's like the thing a, about MBS is and you hear most people that actually know what they're talking about say this about the crown prince is that he is incredibly reckless. He just does things on a whim and he makes all these major moves just, you know, and doesn't give any F's about it. He's he's reckless. He's dangerous. The whole Khashoggi thing is is an example of that. Uh, Allowing women to drive again is a part of that. You know, there's a lot of these majorly controversial things that he's done that just show that some of them are good, yeah. I mean, they, they're sign, they're pointing to that maybe they are westernizing more and maybe yeah. they'll get with the program. But at the same time, you know, they're still a essentially a, a they're a monarchy, you and, know, a monarchical dictatorship. And it almost seems like not almost seems like right at a certain point. Let me let me start this over with a fresh, solid statement. Okay, okay. <laughs> at a certain point, I feel like we need to realize that the Saudis are scorpions. Right. Ooh. And if you don't know exactly what I'm talking about, because I can tell that you liked that. Right. I did. There's there's a little story of the scorpion and the frog. Right. That's what it is. And so the scorpion and the frog both are trying to go to, to the other side of this little river, this little creek. Right. I've heard this before and I can't remember where now. It's like a bunch. And I've heard it with several different animals. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so the scorpion is, tells the frog, he's like, hey, you know, why don't you let me jump on your back and you can bring me to the other side of this creek and everything will be cool. And the frog's like, no, you're yeah. a scorpion. Like, you're going to sting me. You know, you're going to kill me. Scorpion's like, well, but that wouldn't make any sense because I'm going to be on your back. And so if I sting you, then I'm going to drown too. Like, we'll both die, you mm-hmm. know? So the frog is like, word. Makes All sense. Right. So scorpion hops on the frog's back. Frog swims across the creek, gets to the other side. Scorpion stings him. The frog is like, what the fuck? Scorpion says, what do you expect? I'm a scorpion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At a certain point, like we need to just accept that like this group of people this monarchy like you were talking about this power structure in Saudi Arabia and in certain parts of the Middle East that is allowing people to be radicalized that is fighting wars that are indiscriminately hurting people civilians children women that have nothing to do with what's going on you know yeah we need to accept that that's not in America's best interest, especially not in a time where, like we talked about last week, we don't rely on them for oil production anymore. It's yeah. not necessary. We don't need to do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I obviously see 
the merit in maintaining military force there, right? Because that's another thing that's come up this week is why the fuck are there even people in Afghanistan anymore? You know, why are you even have people in the Middle East, right? And that makes me think about a conversation that I had with my father-in-law, right? <clears throat> Who is, and his Corey's a good guy, right? And he's he's done a couple of different combat tours, right? And so we had a conversation one time where you and I talked about this because, like, his wife was there and some other person was there. And mm-hmm. it was a whole stupid-ass conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I even talked about it on the podcast. And he said, the reason that we're there is because it takes three generations. It takes three generations of people for them to forget about something that your culture did to theirs. You know? Because if you kill someone's dad, they're going to remember that. Mm-hmm. And they're going to tell their son, the Americans killed your grandpa. The Americans killed your dad, you know, and if that continues on, then it might even get to the point that that kid tells his kid, the Americans killed your great grandpa, mm-hmm. you know, it takes three generations for people to forget about that. If you leave those areas and allow those things to quell and to grow, the resentment America builds. will not exist. You know what I'm saying? We will have too many enemies for okay. us to exist in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't leave and allow those things to just grow and fester in those areas. Okay. And that's why you have to maintain military force there, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's that's not saying you have to continue to do a bunch of combat missions all the time, but you have to continue to have bases there. You have to maintain bases there. You have to still do patrols. You have to show force. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's strange to me that people don't understand that. You yeah. know, I, I get it. You know, but you have to consider. Think about it like this. If the Russians came here and killed a bunch of people's fucking parents, you know, and a bunch of your friends, how long are you going to remember that? You're going to tell your kids about that. Yeah. You know, like that's going to exist in your family for a long time. I mean, I think uh, when you look at American stance on like with your example, the Russians during the period of the Cold War. Yes. Like you still had that up until probably the millennial age. Exactly. We're kind of, I mean... We have little to no connection to that now in our generation than, say, our parents and so on and so forth. But I can, yeah, I can totally, I don't understand how you couldn't see that if you actually thought about it. Yeah. Because it just objectively makes sense. And now, for anybody who didn't understand that before, having been presented with this information, even if you think that that may be biased or whatever, I... With as much respect as I could possibly give to Kevin, right? There's a lot of things that I would not listen to him on. Mm -hmm. This is one thing that I feel he has more expertise, more experience than most people in. And I feel very comfortable taking that for what it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't. He's been in a place that I probably will never be in in my entire life. You know? And spent a good amount of time at a high enough level to actually have a good picture of what is going on, essentially. Big picture. So, Which, I, you know, sometimes the big picture is so big, it's hard to see until you're mm-hmm. standing right in front of it. Yeah. Which is weird. It's almost like the opposite of, you know, because to look at the big picture, you have to stand way, way back. And so you get the big picture, but once you get closer, you actually see what, how that big picture is made up. Yeah. And you live in it and it's gives you a much different perspective dealing with it for that long. Yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, I don't know, again, it kind of depends, like we said, where that's going to go in the house with that resolution. 
And so we'll just kind of have to kind of wait and see, see what happens, you know. I mean, if somebody like Mitch McConnell can be on board with that, I have a feeling somebody like Paul Ryan would do his best to stick around with that. I would certainly hope so. I think he's also just trying to get the fuck out of there and not ruffle any feathers, you know. He's yeah. been pretty quiet. Well, they did kind of turn <clears throat> around and, and kind of his other kind of uh, baby that never got to see the light of day was uh, entitlement reform. Yes. And he had always held on hopes that it was going to happen. And I think it was this last week or the week before, basically, he found out that there's no way anyone's going to see that. That's not going to, that whole bill is not going to make the light of day (laughs) anymore. (laughs) So now he's kind of butthurt, I think, about that. But he's he's still kind of doing the, he essentially is doing the good party man thing right now. He's, for the most part, I mean, he's staying quiet. But when he says something, it's usually kind of in direct correlation with what Mitch McConnell's doing and yeah. the upper leadership of the Republican Party. But, but yeah, that's a whole other topic altogether. But yeah, that's real quick. That's just kind of the basic on what's going on right now with the Senate in Yemen. Um, and that, you know, that again, like I said, it tied into a lot of things, including overall Saudi relationships, the the problems with the administration and Congress and being upset Gina Haspel wasn't there. You know, it touches so many different things. Yeah. That one little vote to pass a resolution that may not go anywhere builds that kind of conversation in the background. Yeah. Which is, I think, really, really interesting. Um, And actually, there was somebody, and yeah, I don't even think I want to bring that up. I still don't know how I think about that. You ever hear uh, Bob Corker made some statements after the hearing, um, and he was very, very disappointed in in Mike Pompeo and James Mattis's approach to this. There was a lot of high-ranking Republicans. Uh, Lindsey Graham was one of them that all were very, very upset about the administration's how they handled this situation. So I think it's I think it's the first major pushback that I think the administration's gotten from the mainstream Republican leadership, which was interesting, which doesn't surprise me either considering what's been going on lately. Um, the other thing that's kind of going on related to Russia, Ukraine, the G20 meeting, I guess is happening now or next week. Sometime very, now. very now, now and uh, now God damn it. Right. Meow. Yeah. But the, the Russian and Ukraine situation, Yes. Right. I saw the other day that, uh, and this also goes into like Mike Pompeo too, but uh, President Mike Trump Pompeo. was supposed to meet, or not Mike Pompeo, Michael Cohen. Um, but yeah, President Trump was supposed to meet with Vladimir Putin at the G20. And everybody's really interested to see what was going to happen, this, that, and the other thing. And then last weekend, Ukraine and Russia had another problem essentially based off of Crimea. Yeah, they. It was on Sunday, I believe. I think so. Um, but anyway, there was two, you uh, two Ukrainian, what they call them armored artillery ships, yeah. naval vessels, and a naval tug that were making their way from, oh, Odessa, I believe, is the port in Ukraine, around the peninsula of, of Crimea, and were supposed to go into the Sea of Az. Azov, I think it's called Azov, um, which is yes. right between. So you have 
Azov. There we go. Yeah. But yeah, you have Crimea on kind of the bottom. In the Black Sea. <laughs> in the Black you know, Black Sea South. And then you have Crimea. And then you have the, the Sea of Azov, which both connects Russia. You know, on the southern end, it connects to Crimea. And then on the kind of the north, the northern area, I guess you'd call it, is Ukraine. Global geography with salt of the streets. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's positioning is important to understand why this happened. So essentially, that little three ship fleet, which is almost kind of what's left of the Ukrainian Navy uh, for the most part. Ukraine is tiny. Yes. Super small. And uh, they were making their way down uh, towards Crimea. And there's only one pass that you can go between Crimea and the Azov Sea. So to get that whole other area of their country's southern border, uh, which uh, a big port city, by the way, too was essentially blockaded by the Russian Navy and the Russian Coast Guard, just the Russians in general. Yes. Um, Because back as soon as, and I think I talked about this in the blog post, but as soon as Russia annexed Crimea, they the first thing they did right off the bat was start building a bridge from Russia to to Crimea. Crimea. So and it goes me, right over that gap. Um, and we have some young people who listen to this show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2014, like you said, Russia annexed Crimea. And I had to look that word up. Because to me, I had to look it up because it sounds to me like the opposite of what it sounds like it means, right? And so annex to me sounds like it would be like cutting something off, you know? Which I guess in a sense it is. But to annex something really is to like take it. Right. Yeah. And so Russia took control of Crimea military, militarily, militarily. Boom. They're like, this is ours now. And yeah. so that's why I had to look it up was because I was like, that seems really weird. You know, like, like I said, to me, and oh, sorry, annex <laughs> just sounds like it would be, would be the opposite. You know, like, okay. You're cutting something off. Oh, you're off. cutting something off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's just what it sounds like to me. And so they, like I said, they took control of Crimea. It's, it's theirs now. They run it. You know, as, yeah, they installed a a government right yeah. off the bat. Again, these are all things that go into the blog. Um, but yeah, they essentially I'm took over that, the government. That's interesting as fuck. And I got drunk yesterday. I didn't read <laughs> that. Works. <laughs> uh, yeah, they the Russians rolled in. Uh, troops rolled in, not wearing any country designation. I guess you know how everybody's Blank got flags uniforms. on their stuff. Yeah, and in masks, and essentially took over strategic targets in Crimea. And within, I think, a week, maybe two, uh, they installed a pupper government that essentially declared independence. And then the Russian Federation um, allowed them, basically took them into the Federation. So yeah. now part of Russia, as the Russians say, but the rest of the world doesn't recognize that. Yes. And so there's still a Crimea, which blo- belongs technically to Ukraine, occupied by Russia. Um, so weird, dude. So weird. It's so weird. And yeah. so... Yeah, there's, there's this one little gap for ships to go through between yeah. the Black Sea and the Sea of Azov. And they took this big container ship and brought it broadside to the bridge so nobody could pass. It was blocked it off. And then Coast Guard came out. Uh, there was some... Apparently, the, act, the Russian Navy actually fired on them. Yes. Warning shots and stuff like this. Okay. They smashed into them. I saw the video. Really? Crazy. Yeah, they just... So, this big boat just smashed in this tugboat. Check this, because after that happened, right after that big boat is put by the bridge and blocks everybody, mm-hmm. there's an emergency meeting of the Security Council yeah. of the UN, right? 
And so the Russian guy in the UN is like, oh, well, you know, it's only, fuck, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and find the quote because okay. essentially what he said, and this is like paraphrasing, but like really close to what he said, only because of the skill and the grace of the Russian military was nobody killed when they, when they fired on the Ukrainians. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, the Russians fired on them because, you know, the Ukrainians invaded our territory. And only because the Russians are so nice did we not yeah. kill anybody when we that fired on them. And that I was like, you are a real piece of shit, are you so not? You see, right there, they blocked it off. I'll show you the little picture there. That's the bridge that they built from Russia to Crimea? Yeah. That's I mean, it's crazy. this whole long, it's like essentially like, a, An it kind of looks like bridge. the Narrows okay. or, or uh, the Hood Canal Bridge in a way. It just... It's a big road, concrete pillars every so often, and it just goes all the way across, you know, the water into Crimea, which allows them to essentially create a border into that, that sea and say, Hey, they, we own this now. Yeah. Which in 2003, they signed an agreement, Russia and, uh, Ukraine that that is shared territorial water because it touches both countries. Right. And so they just share the coast, but apparently not anymore. And so, since then, right, because you said that was last weekend, um, mm-hmm. and so since then, the Ukraine has declared martial law in 10 different districts in the Ukraine, and it has barred entry into the Ukraine Russian men between the ages of 16 and 60 years old. Mm-hmm. And so, no no Russian man between 16 and 60 can, can come or go out of the Ukraine unless there's like a funeral. There's like a couple of exceptions. <coughs> That, yeah, that will get you in or out, but that's it, um, because it's, they don't want any small guerrilla military groups starting in the Ukraine to try and take it over, just like happened in fucking Crimea. Yeah, what the fuck? That's they're worried essentially about a Russian invasion, a Russian takeover. Russia has said that they are moving new. Oh, what's that missile system like? The S four hundred. The you defense, the missile defense system. Yeah, they're moving missiles into Crimea and will increase that over the next two weeks. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It's getting, getting tense, man. And essentially, that's kind of what's going on. We got that's to hear, fucker, dude. Mother we got to fucker. hear, uh, Nikki Haley again come out before she leaves. Before she leaves. Which apparently Trump's having a hard time trying to fill that slot. I would not want to work for him. Oh, hell it's a shit no. show over there. Yeah. She's a bulldog, though, in a good way. Sarah yeah. Sanders is a bulldog in a bad way. Yeah. She's a bulldog in a good way. Yeah. I like I like uh, Nikki Haley. Uh, ben Shapiro calls her his uh, spirit animal, which I think is very fitting. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she came out and strongly condemned uh, Russia's actions here. Because I neglected to mention they they took those three – Ukraine naval ships and essentially impounded them. All the sailors are on board are three in confinement. Of them were in the hospital. Yeah, three of them got injured. Yeah. And I think it's a 24 total or something like that. Yeah, 24 but, total. And check this. I heard on the way here. Sorry to interrupt you, but you're good. those 21 dudes, the sailors, right, are being tried in Russia, right? Yeah. But they're not being tried under military war crimes. They're being tried for like illegal entrance into the country. Mm hmm. Like uh, migrants. Yes. What the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. They're, uh, but yeah, they're being right now, they're forced in a two month long pre trial confinement. Yeah. So they're under lockup. And the martial law for the Ukraine goes into December, I think, to the 27th 
um, is how long martial law is declared yeah. as of right now in those districts. And the, oh, and the Russians are using that as um, kind of some propaganda against the Ukrainian president, really? saying that he's trying, you know, with martial law, he's going to try to delay the election that's coming up because he's not. Oh my god, he's not right now projected to win. I guess maybe. And so they're trying to use that as a political reason why they're doing that. And so they're sowing discontent. And I mean, I've even heard some of, um, man, I don't know, some of the commentators, mostly on the left side of it, talk about the fact that, you know, that's true, you know, and then they're trying to, they're always trying to make a gap between that I and would, like, I would what have Trump's to doing hope at the border. That any president in the Ukraine would be doing the same thing right now to try mm-hmm. and put a little bit of distance between them and Russia mm-hmm. to give themselves some breathing room. I would hope that anybody would be doing the same thing. And I'm thing. pretty sure the president had said this will not affect the elections whatsoever. Yeah. And so, you know, but that's crazy. there's always the possibility, quote unquote, but I don't think that's, this that's is right. the, this is the right move to make here yeah. because Russia again, you know, I've been harping on this. For fucking years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Russia, Vladimir Putin once told, or no, it was a, uh, it's a former, it was the former army general of the British army, like the top guy. Yeah. He said that he thinks essentially Putin's goal is to rebuild the Soviet Union. And when you look at Crimea. Just expand it all out. Yeah. Damn. And I talked about this in my blog because like I said, it's context is important here. Um, Crimea was given to Ukraine by the Soviet Union, by Khrushchev. And a lot of people say maybe that's because Khrushchev spent a lot of time as a young man in Ukraine. I think that's where he started working. His wife is Ukrainian. He said on multiple occasions that he loves Ukraine. And so he actually gifted the providence of Crimea to Ukraine back in 53 Crimea is just a tiny little place, right? Yeah. Tiny tiny little yeah. place. And it's weird cuz it is kind of more ethnically Russian than kind of trip, you know, traditionally um Ukrainian. Yeah. Because from the sounds of for the most part going back centuries it's always been part of either the Russian Empire or, you know, it's been generally more Russian than anything else. Yeah. Um, you know, then there was other people that talked about maybe he did it because the Soviet Union at that point was trying to what they called de-Stalinizing, um, because he understood that the way Stalin was running the show, every it was unsustainable, and so he was kind of like shed dead weight if you could, and there was like famine going on in in Crimea and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So he was like, no, you guys can have it, and so. You know, I have kind of always operated on the same way. Everything Vladimir Putin does, it looks to be, you know, it's aggressive. He's trying to re-expand and re-create his Soviet Union that he grew up on, that he, you know, came up in the system in the in the KGB, I think it was, right? Yeah. Back then. And this yep, just seems KGB. like a perf- perfect, perfect example. And I have a feeling like he's... Doing his damnedest to try to get into Ukraine, trying to complete the uh, complete the model, if you will. So this right here, I'm just I'm looking at a map of Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so this computer blows. So <laughs> wicked slow. Yeah, 
This is an old fucking computer. Is this the old uh, so USSR? This is, this is that little... Yep, it's that little, little tiny peninsula right there. And so Crimea is right here then? No, Crimea is that little thing. Oh, is this little thing right here? Oh, my God. Oh, wait. No. The way I'm looking at it? No, yeah. It's essentially that whole little peninsula. Little right here. That Well, and what you were looking at before, right that second part there. Yeah, that whole big end. Weird. Be- because there's not really a passage through yeah. there. It's there's, real. There's Odessa. Yeah. And the city he was trying to get at was right through that, where that tiny little island is right there. And you go north, and that's the Sea of uh, Azov. Yeah, right here. Yeah. And you can see, I mean, they basically share about 50-50 uh, coastline around that small sea. So they have yes. that agreement that says it's it's joint water, so we can Russia, both use it. Russia said that the Ukrainians came too far to the Russian side, and that's why they fired upon them. Interesting. Ever so kindly. Considering it was in the Black Sea. Yeah. But, yeah, who knows? I mean, I think it's, you know, they're going to say that, like you said, they're blaming it essentially on the Ukrainians. And the rest of the world is, hey, we know what you're doing here, man. Yeah. Don't do that. And so I had mentioned before we got down the, the Ukrainian rabbit hole there that President Trump was supposed to meet with Putin again at the G20. And they canceled well, that. Right? They canceled that and on Thursday. Yeah. Surprisingly, but maybe not so much surprisingly, bum, bum, bum. kind of related to our next series of topics in the yeah. giant Trump wagon. Yes. Because that was the same day Michael Cohen went into that quote-unquote surprise court hearing. Let me flip to my fucking Michael Cohen notes. Unless you have anything else for Russia and Ukraine. Nope, nope, that's all I got. Um, yes, you are correct. On Thursday, 1129, Michael Cohen pled guilty to lying to Congress in August of 2017. Um, he lied about how long discussions went on about what will be called here and everywhere else, the Moscow Project. Right? Yes, which the is, Moscow Project. Which is building a Trump Tower in Moscow. It's right. the next movie from the makers of the big short Vice. And <laughs> the next project. is going to be the Moscow Project. Yes. So in that would August, make such a good movie. In August of last year, he went in front of Congress and he testified about all of his shadiness and all of the nonsense pretty much, you know, that yeah. had been surrounding him. And he said that the talks about the Moscow project had stopped before February 1st of 2016, which is, I believe, when the Iowa caucus happened. Yeah. Um, and so, which would have been like when President Trump really was starting to kind of look like he might be the candidate, right? Yeah. So he said that they stopped before February. They stopped in January, um, you know, before everything got cooking. Um, and then in this hearing on Thursday, he said, Actually, that that wasn't true. And I knew at the time that that wasn't true. Um, these talks continued through June of 2016. Um, and he also said that I... Cohen said... I also said that I didn't make any plans to travel to Russia. But I was, in fact, looking at making plans to travel to Russia. Um, I said that... You know, I didn't really talk to them that much. Like, it wasn't that big of a deal, but I had really talked pretty extensively with Russia. I said that I had never talked directly with the government, but I actually had, like, a 20-minute long phone conversation with somebody at the Kremlin. Um, 
And I knew I was lying about all these things at the time, but I was trying to continue with the narrative that was being pushed by individual one, who is President Trump, yes. um, and all of the people in that party. And so that's why he said that he lied, right? And Which is not an excuse, no. but a reason. And so what day did he actually say that they actually stopped the project? Because eventually they did stop seeking the project. It, it fell apart or whatever. They said, no, okay, we can't make this deal. We're out. Eventually. Um, um, I don't have the exact date that they stopped seeking the project. It just I have here that it says the talks continued through June of 2016. Okay, through June, which is the important day, because yeah. that's when he secured the nomination. Exactly. And began his official presidential campaign. Exactly. Because otherwise you're just campaigning to be the nominee at that point. And... He said that he was talking with someone else. I can't hear. Let me try and pull this up because I wish I could remember the other guy's name. Um, he was talking to another guy, fucking Stark or Salark or some some shit like that. Uh, well, okay. So there's a lot of names here. I'm going to throw some at you because there's a lot of people tied into this whole chain. Yeah. Was it Jeremy Corsi? No. Randy Credico? No. Was it... It wasn't Roger Stone? No. Okay. Um... But I'll find it. There's another guy that they were talking to about President Trump at the time, candidate Trump, making mm-hmm. a trip to Russia. And they said the best time would be after he secured the nomination before the actual election happens. They're trying to plan for him to go to Russia. Was this the oh man, was this the guy that was like this weird old like party planner, DJ Creepo? No, not that guy. That was a different guy. Yeah. There's too many creepos involved here, man. Yeah. Every single one of these guys is so sketchy. Uh, Yeah, I'm wondering who that is. But anyways, so that was essentially his link to get him to continue the project or or make make that trip after he became the nominee. Yep. Which is all fine and good. People can do that as long as Trump's not trying to seek it himself. Yeah, I have the actual transcript that I read from him being in court. Okay. Because I'm a baller. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-baller. Yeah, there was another... Problem is, there were so many rabbit holes to go down on this one. You know, it's kind of hard to get a good solid read on exactly what all of this kind of possibly means mm-hmm. because there's a lot of what's going on. Essentially we're learning through the Mueller probes actions, the investigation going through court because this all kind of came out as they announced that Michael Cohen will be entering a plea agreement um, and a, a cooperation agreement with the Mueller probe. And, you know, so then due to that, there's kind of all this now, there's a lot more Russia talk, a lot more people look to be kind of tied into this situation that are very, very close to the president. Mm-hmm. Um, people like, like I said earlier about uh, uh, Roger Stone, who I didn't realize apparently was the campaign uh, chairman up until he quote unquote quit and Paul Manafort took over. The campaign. Yes, I did know that. Um, and so they're saying that Roger Stone had communications with WikiLeaks, right? Through a roundabout, a possible roundabout way. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the, you know, the 
Jerome Corsi is apparently this kind of right wing conspiracy type Alex Jonesy character. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently he was kind of one of the possible go betweens between Manafort, uh, Cohen, you know, two WikiLeaks. And maybe that is what I'm thinking of. I don't think Yeah, so. and there was a there was a draft of the plea agreement that was or not a plea agreement, but this a draft statement that was supposedly written by the Mueller team um and sent to Corsi so that he can look at it and if he tried to fight it or enter into a plea agreement with him. Yeah. About this type of things. And it kind of implicated WikiLeaks and either Paul Manafort, Roger Stone, or somebody, you know, how they always use individual one, two, organization one and two. So you're kind of guessing at names. But then I started to see some articles today because not a lot of people reported on it. And there's some people questioning the validity of that actual draft document. But there really? is obviously a an appearance that the Mueller investigation is trying to make a connection between the essentially the you know the people in Trump's circle in WikiLeaks, yeah, um, which is getting hard to nail down because there's a lot of different people that may or may not be involved, and we don't really have much foundational evidence, I guess, at this point. The Guardian wrote a story this week that released that oh, who did it directly implicate? I think it was Cohen. Paul Manafort. Or, yeah, Paul Manafort. Yeah. For saying that he had gone yeah, to yeah. meet with Julian Assange and all this. But they're the apparently the only ones who have that evidence. Well, and so there's... It's so hard to understand and I don't who to believe right now. I don't remember what else I was listening to, but whatever it was was saying that another person who works in that embassy was saying that there's no fucking way that you could go in and out of there and no one would know about it. Yeah. It's an embassy, for God's sakes. Right. I mean... And they're saying he just walked in and walked out and didn't have to show any ID, didn't have to sign in, didn't have, have to have do a logbook or anything. To go to Julian Assange's room, who's like a super controversial figure, who I imagine yeah. would have, you know, uh, a, an embassy police officer, an MP, probably pretty close to his room. Mm-hmm. But and from yeah, all the stories I've heard are, you know, the the embassy staff aren't really excited about him living there. And being there. No. Yeah, they don't, they're not fans of his. They don't really like him. It's just like an unwanted house guest that you can't get rid of. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, I don't know where this goes at this point. There's some people are saying, you know, I like the the title of Thursday's commentary podcast Mm -hmm. was, okay, so maybe a little collusion. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, it all kind of boils down to, the people in Trump's circle, you know, who supposedly are extremely loyal to Trump, are all possibly having some kind of shady ties right now that mm-hmm. might, you know, implicate the president. But that's only on the assumption that he is knowledgeable of everything happening going on below him and either implicit or directing it himself. Well, and so let me – so I got two things here, Ryan, because – because the the narrative that's being pushed by Fox News and a lot of like more conservative leaning like uh, news sources, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Which, if you look on their news feed, 
I haven't seen anything about this. Almost. Yeah, I had to. I had to look. I had to type in Fox News into my search to make sure I yeah. got a Fox News article. And it's an opinion piece, right? But this opinion piece was cited in, in two other pieces that I read, and so that's why I have this here. Because mm-hmm. I, I told you I don't usually go for the opinion piece, but because this is what it's they're like using, only, yeah. right? This is what they're citing. That's what I have to like go off of, right? So they're saying that that this shit with Cohen doesn't doesn't even help any. It doesn't affect anything at all, right? Because, let's see here, because they're still saying that the Mueller probe is about Trump, right? And so they're, here, let me, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. So they're saying this doesn't help Mueller because Michael Cohen, you know, this shit doesn't have anything to do with Mueller. This just has to do with him and, and, you know, he has his other tax charges and whatever that he's done and his involvement with Russia. This doesn't have anything to do with President Trump. So this doesn't help the Mueller probe at all. But the Mueller probe just shouldn't have anything to do with President Trump. No. Like that's at the core of it. It shouldn't at all. You know? I just don't... Well, what wasn't when Michael Cohen first got popped, it wasn't by the Mueller probe. They found something and forwarded it to the Southern District of New York Prosecution yes. Office. Yes. Um, and then through that system of investigations and trials, he reached out apparently to the to the Mueller team and they've been working together on a plea deal, which now he has entered into. Yeah. And so now he's officially working with the Mueller probe. So it, it literally, this whole thing literally is about Michael Cohen now becoming a cooperating witness in the Mueller probe. And so this quote, particularly that was used in another piece that I read was insofar as as proving some amorphous crime of Trump Russia collusion to win the 2016 presidential election. Mueller is getting something about as valuable as a crumpled dollar with Cohen's newest guilty plea. Oh, really? And that's, that's what they're saying. And I'm glad you think that buddy. And the thing that I think (laughs) is really interesting, right? Is that, like I said, this, this particular person and the other pieces that are citing this are saying this doesn't help Mueller at all, but this most definitely does, at least in the way of proving that the Russians were trying to interfere in the election. And and so far as they're trying to get some type of business deal going with president Trump while he's about to become the president, you know, they're trying to work with Michael Cohen. They're trying to work with Paul Manafort. Like, Calling it a Trump-Russia investigation is working off the implication that you already know the end of the investigation ends at Trump. Yes. It's like, no, not necessarily. Right. Let the investigation run its course, which it did. We have the 12, I believe, members of Russian military intelligence um, with indictments over their heads so they can never enter the country because they're they're wanted men in America. Yeah. That made up – they were what made up – Gosfer, Goosefer 2.0, mm-hmm. which were the ultimate entity that hacked the DNC emails and uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman, uh, John Podesta's email. Like they were the ones that leaked hacked those. those and then gave them the WikiLeaks yeah. to leak out. And so that's why the association between the possible association between WikiLeaks, Manafort, um, uh, Cohen, somebody is important because they want to find that connection because if because that literally is part of the russian meddling attempts in the election and they even it doesn't matter necessarily how successful they were at the end of it that's we're trying to get to the root cause here and that's what the you know i think we've talked about this multiple times but it's not a trump investigation 
No. If the investigation goes to Trump, it goes to him. Right. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. And it shouldn't. At the core, that's the strangest fucking thing about it, I think. It's because people hate that man so much. They want... They just convince themselves that that's going to be the narrative. And so that's what it is. I mean, CNN operates off of the assumption that Trump is at the end of this thing because they hate him so much. You know, I mean... There's always possible ties to him. Yeah. If the right things go right on the way up that chain. But sometimes they don't, you know? And so sometimes you can't prove some of them. Sometimes they're just not there. But right now it's not looking good for, you know, pretty much everybody. I think Manafort's, uh, last thing I saw, I think from, uh, Washington Post, Manafort is, going to or Mueller's going to try to retry Manafort yes for some new crimes yeah, that and he I, originally wasn't tried for I have some of that but I got one more thing about President Trump here right mm-hmm. I have a quote here um, about Michael Cohen where he said he was convicted with a fairly long term sentence with things unrelated to the Trump organization what he's trying to do is get a reduced sentence yeah that's what he's been saying which is there's two things uh, right off the bat that's wrong with that right Michael Cohen hasn't been sentenced in either of those cases. Mm-mm. He doesn't have any particular jail sentence hanging over his head at all. No. Right? Not yet. Um, and the first one, right, that he pled guilty to trying to conceal the payment to Stormy Daniels, right, mm-hmm. which has which directly deals with President Trump because that's the that's one that gave him money. Ca- yeah, because it's the which, campaign finance violation. Exactly. And that's been admitted by President Trump now, by Rudy Giuliani, the President President Trump's own lawyer. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because like, at the end of the day, that's not as big a deal as... What's happening, you know, with right. the Mueller investigation. Right. And then the other one is that he's been charged with tax fraud and false statements to a bank, right? Yeah. And those, both of those are are being sentenced on December, like in December. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even have a sentence hanging over his head. There's no. nothing even to try and, like, bargain down his sentence, you know? Yeah. Neither does Manafort yet. He, I think his is in, in a week or two. Yeah. I mean, I'm, but, I'm it's not yeah. like – I'm sure that they're throwing numbers at him, you know, but that's not – like but you never know have... until your actual sentencing. Exactly. You just know, like, okay, well, this is the you're looking at like three to five for this. Yeah. You know. But then there's even wiggle room in that. You know, sentencing judges have. I mean, there's all sorts of different things that go into making a sentencing. Yeah. But you know, some of these people, you know, like I said, that uh, conspiracy guy Jerome Corsi. You know, if you're operating on the assumption that 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 plea deal was. Correct or whatever. That means he's also looking at probably an indictment and dealing with, you know, possible legal issues coming down the road. Yeah. But I'm not too worried about his fate, to be honest. If he's a total crap pot, you know, crackpot, conspiracy theory, hardcore right winger dude that's been doing some real shady stuff. I don't got any problem with him uh, paying for his whatever crimes he may have committed. No, you know, if he's involved in that, essentially that conspiracy train of, you know, with the Russians trying to, you know, meddle, attempting to meddle, mm-hmm. you know, then you're going to have to deal with that, homie. Same with Trump Jr. Trump Jr. might be tied in that because it may go up to that uh, the Trump Tower meeting. Vetselnitskaya. Vetselnitskaya. Yeah. Yeah. That may be it. There's a string on there. If things go the right way, that could be connected through all the, you know, all of this. 
you know, that direct connection between WikiLeaks and a couple of these guys. Well, and that meeting has been suspect the whole time. That, oh, like, yeah. Them totally. trying to talk about, and like, oh, we just talked about fucking adoption. And the problem is we've never really known why that was really happening. We, yeah. we just kind of had to make assumptions because at the end of the day, we couldn't really prove much other than these guys were there. Right. We don't know what, the, we don't know what to talk about. But, you know, adoption in the Magnitsky Act, apparently. Yeah. But. So the other person that was in said uh, said Trump Tower meeting was Paul Manafort, right? Yep. Uh, and on Monday, the 26th this week, uh, Robert Mueller's team came out and said that Paul Manafort had breached his plea agreement, which happened oh, in yeah. August. He pled guilty. Um, and so it says that he breached his plea agreement and had lied to federal investigators numerous times, right? Yeah. And this is still because they haven't had the hearing yet, right? They or, or Robert Mueller's team has to give a report on the seventh about to detail how Paul Manafort breached his plea agreement, right? So the details still are a little bit fuzzy about exactly what he lied about, at least mm-hmm. from what I understand. But also from what I understand is like I said they're going to have to put out a report on December 7th. See, and I didn't know that. I'm really glad that because yes. they took action like that and they're going to make that accusation, they have to back it up. Yeah, so check this, right? What do I have here? So Manafort is accused of lying on a variety of subject matters, which is the, core, um, the quote there. There was a gag order that was placed on the case in the early days after somebody went out afterwards and was talking to some reporters. Mm-hmm. And so the judge put a gag order on the case. And so that's another reason why there's such limited information is the, none of the attorneys are allowed to talk about it. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, on December 7th, um, they have to put out a report and give it to the judge, which I assume has to be public record because it's assume. part of, because it's part of that case, you yeah. know? So I would assume it's going to be public record. So at that point on December 7th, a week from yesterday, we should know exactly what the Mueller team says that Paul Manafort lied about. That's exciting. Right. Um, but what we have here is Manafort was found guilty on eight counts in August, right? And we talked about this. I'm going to link to these when I post the episode on Monday so everybody can, you can go to saltofthestreets.com and see the post that we put on there that I do on Mondays. And I'm going to link to the other episodes where we talked about uh, the Saudis, where we talked about Yemen, where we talked about Paul Manafort and Michael Cohen. I'm going to link to all those things in the episode on Monday so you can just Click on it. It'll take you right to that episode and everything will be Gucci. Um, <laughs> we need to create a database now. Yeah. So 42 episodes. We better get on that now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so his charges were five tax fraud, two bank fraud, and one failure to disclose a foreign bank account. Um, and this was just minutes after Michael Cohen pled guilty to his campaign finance shit in yeah. February. Uh, oh, no. Sorry. The, senten- the sentencing, sentencing is in February. Um, and that was yeah. in August. And then on September 14th, Manafort pled guilty to conspiracy against the U.S. and witness tampering. Um, and that's when he agreed to cooperate with Robert Mueller. Was he after witness tampering? Yes, God, after he tried to witness tamper type stuff going on there. Exactly, and it was at that point that president that the president called Manafort a quote brave man who would yeah. not who would not make up stories to get a deal. Uh-uh. Okay, so what the fuck just happened? Did he not just get called out for lying yep. when he was trying to make a deal to get a lower sentence, right? Okay. You know why? Right. Okay. You know why all this happened cuz Cohen went he went bad boy. Yeah. And he screwed over Big Daddy Trump ass. because 
he doesn't think that Trump's going to be able to save him in the end. Manafort is all in. He's old enough. What does he have to lose? Trump's got my back. I'm going to get a pardon. Fuck it. I'm going to protect That's him. That's because if Trump comes out, if President Trump comes out and he pardons Michael Cohen and Paul Manafort, oh. there's no fucking way he stays in office. There's no, I mean, okay, no. I, I don't even, I want to immediately take that back because the standards for President Trump are so radically different for every other president we've ever mm. had that it will, this will be the biggest controversy that he has had thus far. That I feel more comfortable saying because I don't even feel confident that he will be kicked out of office. He will definitely be impeached in the House. Whether or not he actually gets out of office, you know what no. I'm saying? That yeah. is another story because he also seems bold enough that if he gets impeached in the House, but the Senate doesn't do it and that's as far as it goes, he'll say, Fuck you. I'm Stan. I'm Stan because you can't make me leave and I got another year on my fucking term and I'm doing it. (laughs) You know? I think uh, it was Noah Rothman, I think, kind of took a similar line that that you did. And you think that or at the end of the day, I think he was saying that Trump is going to weather this. He's going to be just fine. I'm concerned that he will be. Yeah, yeah, super and, concerned he will be because if this was a Barack Obama, he would already be out of office. There, he, Barack Obama would not have made it through this. Yeah, you know, I mean, this much controversy, and not even this much controversy, this much sketchy fucking behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, that's because all the things, not all the most of the things that I feel like people come at Barack Obama about is just poor decisions that he made that they don't agree with. You know, like there's some stuff like the the drones and stuff like that that people didn't know about until after, you know, like that stuff was super. But most of most of the shit is like, fuck the Affordable Care Act, you know, and and all all that shit that happened, you know, and I'm there's no way there is no way that he could have made it through this right here, you know, but I'm now sitting here with I'm not I can't even begin to call myself an expert with as much political knowledge I have. I don't feel confident that he would be out of office if if he were to pardon both of these people. Well, see, here's the thing is you say you don't have enough political knowledge, but this is not the same political war world that existed even a decade ago. That's very true. This this Trump world that we live in is a complete 2016 marked a new era. You can, you know, go back to probably during the whole run up, but yeah, that, I mean, this whole presidential cycle is a new era in the way politics has been run. You know, there's been so many, you know, traditional norms broken, you know, everything, every, and everyone's a part of it. The house is on every level. The, the Senate is on every level. And obviously the, the executive branch is on a whole different level. Yeah. And so I think even if you don't understand how the intricacies of the Reagan era and leading to the George W. Bush era, you know, tail end of Barack Obama's era and into the new Trump era. This is this is a whole new epoch in epoch. Yeah. In I like that. In how politics and government Absolutely. looks and runs. Yeah. You know, you can probably tie that to the, the age of social media as well. I mean, it's just a, it's a totally different world now. Yeah. Um but it's like I said, I don't know. When you look at, uh, say, like that Yemen bill, how many Republicans oppose the president to get on that and vote for it? Yeah, you know, that's good. But if you're actually looking at a full blown 
impeachment process. Two thirds. Two thirds. And that is, I think, is a stretch for what? They already know that for the next four years, they're going to have to write out this Democratic run House, right. Congress, which means it's probably all just going to be investigations and roadblocks. How many you said this Yemen was for? 63 votes? 63, in favor? 70. So you got to get 67 three? if you want to. That because that would be two thirds, right? Well, there's a hundred people in the Senate. Yeah, so two thirds, yeah, sixty six point six. So you got to get sixty seven votes in favor yeah. to get through that. And I but the there's no political reasoning behind that on a Republican standpoint. There right. is for the Yemen issue. There's a legitimate that, reason, and to that's say, what I'm no. saying. You got to get four more than you just got for this to yeah. try and get them out. And I don't. Because see that. There's, what's the political incentive? Okay, yeah. now we get to deal with Mike Pence in charge while we still can't get anything done. Right. We're and not going to do that to our own party and, you know, the, the possibly alienate the, the quote unquote Trump base that who knows where they'll go after that. Right. And they're, they're definitely, they're going to defend Mike Pence to the end because there's no way that they're going to let Nancy fucking Pelosi get up into the office, you know, which would no. be a horrible thing for all of us. But there's no goddamn way that the Republicans are going to let Nancy Pelosi sit in the, in the White House, in the no. Oval Office. There's no way. She's, I really, really despise Nancy Pelosi. Mitch McConnell will kill himself before he lets Nancy Pelosi <laughs> in the White House. It's like, nope, over my dead body, literally. Because um, Nancy Pelosi is looking like she's going to be the the elected speaker, of, speaker of the house. Yeah, but who knows? Maybe DK can get up there now that he's the the I love chairman. Did you see that he's the new chairman of the new Democrats coalition? What? Something like that. I, I shook hands with the chairman for the Democrats coalition for whatever. So how y'all feel about that? Boomskies. Let's see. Picture with that motherfucker. It's the House New Dems chair. Ooh. So now over 90 strong, the hashtag New Dems will make up more than one third of the at House Democrats. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. He's the, he's the chair. I had, I Good tweeted you, out a nice, son. said, congratulations at, you know, DK. Do you like it? On the chairmanship. Nobody liked it yet. Oh, when did that happen? Carolina liked it yet. Oh. Uh, but I'm re- I'm real small time on Twitter, bro. I ain't yeah. trying to. Well, you're ain't small time on social up. media. You just yeah. keep it real quiet over there. Real quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I do what I can. Um, so I have one more thing here factually on it, uh, that there's a new hearing on the 30th, uh, or there was a new hearing on the 30th um, about the breach of the plea deal, and that was with Judge Amy Berman Jackson. Um, and then, like I said, the report is due by the Mueller team on the 7th about how the deal was broken, and there will be another hearing in January with the same Judge Amy Berman Jackson to decide whether or not he did, in fact, breach the plea agreement. Um, and at that point, you know, they'll have yeah. to do another sending or whatever. And there's but, another kind of weird little thing on there, and I don't want to spend much time on it because I don't quite totally understand it. But there's this thing called a joint defense agreement, mm-hmm. which a lot of the lawyers um, in, you know, like Cohen's and Manafort's case have been, they've been talking to Trump, yes. Trump's lawyers. Sharing because, information with yeah. them about what the Mueller team is asking them. Yeah. And, but apparently once, like, I think if you enter into a cooperation agreement, um, that no longer applies. And yeah. so we have to now look at when these agreements went into place some of them when they weren't and how much i mean how long do they continue talking and so there might be some issues there 
but I don't know how severe that is. Well, and I also heard, so last week we talked about the president had submitted his written questions from the Mueller team, right? And yeah. so now we have to wait and see what happens because I guess some of those questions are also the things that Michael Cohen came out and said that he lied about. Mm -hmm. And they're like directly involved with the things he lied about. So now we'll have to see if they line up, you know, because at that point, I think Trump's lawyer came out and said that uh, one of Trump's uh, legal team came out and said that Giuliani said that that they, they match essentially what Michael Cohen said as well about the whole thing. Cause this goes back to the, I think the particular question was the Russia project. Yes. And I th- apparently his answer echoed and. But there's something the they left thing. out. Like they didn't talk about specific timelines no. or something like that because it, that wasn't It was asked just about. like a yeah. did they or didn't they? Yeah. It's like, well, you didn't. I mean, you and didn't ask thing, when, bro. I and when, in, when it comes down to that, right? Because I think that this is really important, right? Is that at that point, if the president's answers continue to contradict, the president's answers continue to contradict the things that other people are saying, that Manafort is coming out and saying, that Michael Cohen is coming out and saying, right? We have to decide what weighs heavier, right? Because in an ideal world, you would you would take what the president says for the truth. Yeah, right? that would be nice, right? But in the world that we live in, even before President Trump, we had presidents that lied about shit that they were doing for whatever reason, right? And now we have a president that lies for no reason, Yeah, right? We have other people... that And these questions that he wrote are just written questions. He's not under oath. He's not anything. They're just questions that he answered on a piece of paper right but these other people michael cohen paul manafort these other people that have been indicted are under oath Mm -hmm. right so not only are they facing the charges that are hanging over them for the crimes that they've already committed if they're to lie under oath in front of these judges they are also committing perjury well i think that you know what i'm saying and to federal prosecutors like answers that he puts on the you know answers to those questions are still um you know, legally supposed to be the truth because they're submitted to the court. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's lying to the to the. It's a team. different charge, I think. Lying to federal prosecutors, investigators, perjury at some level. Yeah. yeah, and so that's still a thing. But I don't know how heavy that is because they're it's so complex, and complicated. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but either way, it's not good. So, so we'll definitely keep updated with that. Like I said, next week is when the report comes out about to detail. Um, <laughs> excuse me, how. Exactly, Manafort breached the plea agreement. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm really sure curious that, about. So I'm sure that we'll go over that next week. I'm really happy that I got to provide you with that inform- yeah, information. Excuse me, a little bit of hiccups there. I'm good. Um, yeah, so that will be gold. Manafort faces 17 to 22 years if he's found guilty of breaching his plea agreement. On top of. On top of, yeah, all the other time that he was already facing for being mm-hmm. in prison. So it's like the cake is his sentencing now. All the trouble he's going to be in now. Then, you know, you get those cakes that are just, they're three quarters frosting and like, you know, yeah. one quarter cake. That's what that's going to be, man. Bad, 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 bad. These guys are looking at if, you know, depending on how long it goes, in today's justice system, I don't know, money and power means you're usually pretty safe. But, yeah, you know, they could all essentially be looking at life sentences because they're all kind of up there. Pretty much. You know, nobody's a young gun here. George Papadopoulos is probably going to get off the, the lightest. I think, I think that, he's the youngest. I think that Paul Manafort's 67, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, people like that commentator I was talking about, Jerome Corsi, and um, 
you know, Roger Stone and all that. Like those guys, if they got 10 years in prison, they're dying in prison. Yeah. You know, they're not going to make it that long. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of, and you can kind of see how I love that, that segue I used you, because you, Ukraine and that Russian relationship perfectly ties the, the Trump quote unquote, the Trump Russia investigation. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about that. As far as the main topics. Yeah. I think yeah. we can probably get over into the old, uh, grab bag if you want. Reach on in there. Yeah. And, uh, so the first thing. I want to talk about real quick because it's it's really light. Um, the quote unquote the new NAFTA the US, the USMCA was signed this week on uh, oh at the G twenty yeah and um, you know it was new Mexican President Enrique Peña Nieto and Justin Trudeau Prime Minister Canada and yes President Trump United States of America. Um, they all signed the the replacement, uh, although apparently a vast majority of it still needs to be ratified with with the lawmakers in those countries. Things like the protection on, on you know tariffs in cars and stuff like that. There's some protections that are passed already in it, yeah. which is I think why they that was the bargaining to get them to kind of sign it, and now they're going to move on and start ratifying the whole thing bits and pieces. But I thought it was funny that after this signing, you know, it's very, very traditional for all those lawmakers to to raise up the bill and show it off with the signature on it and smile and take pictures. The only one who didn't, Prime Minister Trudeau, because just, he just has it sitting in front of him. Yeah, he like, just closed <laughs> it up. I watched the video. He just closed it up, and then then he, uh, you know, he clapped when everyone else did and smiled. He's a weird guy, Justin he Trudeau. He's, He's a strange, so strange guy. But just knowing a little bit about him. I think that was a calculated bit of passive aggressiveness because he hasn't been happy about this whole thing. Yeah. He's not happy at all. Wants to keep his goddamn milk to himself. Exactly. I have to go pee real quick. I'll be back. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I'm so sorry. Are you? (laughs) (laughs) First time in a while. Word. Well, uh, we can... uh, I'm just going to go ahead and empty out the rest of my grab bag then. So today... Or no, it was last night, I believe. So we're looking at the first now. So the 30th November... Um, my Twitter started blowing up and I looked down at it and I realized it's a breaking news story from AP, the Associated Press, which side note, they're like one of the best people to follow on Twitter. They put out all these breaking news as it's happening. It's pretty great. Um, but the 31st, 41st president of the United States, George H.W. Bush has died at the age of 94. Um, you know, towards the end of his life there, he was wheelchair bound. I'm pretty sure you've, you know, he's been trying to make some of the rounds lately. Um, you know, I, I don't know the date off the top of my head, but I want to say somewhere around six months ago or so, um, his wife, uh, uh, Barbara Bush, um, died as well. And so usually, you know, you get couples that are that old, been together for that long, um, once one of them kind of passed away, that it's not long before the other ones did. But, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's sad news because he's kind of... George Bush? Yeah, George Bush. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, it's really sad because, you know, as a lot of these politicians get older, and especially George Bush, there's kind of been this kind of weird 
I don't want to say cult following of him. I mean, like he's he's become really cute in a way and adorable to a lot of people because he's kind of older. And, Bush Junior. Yeah. Yes. Or yeah, the senior. Yeah. Um. And yeah, Junior too. Definitely George W. Oh yeah, Bush Senior right. is cute. Well, and he people tried to meet to him and yeah, shit. they did try to meet to him while oh he was God. in his wheelchair. Someone else too that's going to make you really upset. Oh, but keep keep with this, and I'll tell you afterwards. But now that was pretty much it. Um. That was yeah. It's sad news. I I don't I don't know why I don't have anything really. I wasn't around really in his I'm era. Too I young for you that. Know, yeah, way too know. young for that. But you know, it is a you know a great individual in our society. A president of the United States, former president of the United States, has passed away. And you know, I mean, it's going to be continue to happen. But President Trump, I think, said that he is going to use yesterday forever to commemorate. Bush Senior. It's yeah. gonna be like a national day of remembrance for Bush Senior, hmm. which I think is pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to find out why. <clears throat> yeah, you'll have to Google that because I'm pretty sure I saw that. So, do you want to know someone who's getting me too? That's just it's gonna make you furious. Okay. Okay. Lay it on me. Neil deGrasse Tyson. No. Swear to God. So there's one woman. I am furious. <laughs> so there's three women, right? One woman who says that they were at some type of event. My wife was telling me about it. Uh, oh, I have it on the Snapchat. That's that's it. I had her send it to me on Snapchat. Snapchat. Because that's where she got it. Is it weird that I'm like, ooh, Snapchat. Gross. Nope. I've just never been a fan. So, um, there's one woman who said that they were at some type of event, you know, and she has... A tattoo on a shoulder of a solar system and Neil deGrasse Tyson was trying to see if she had all the planets on there and he pulled her dress aside on her shoulder and she felt that it was inappropriate right so that's the first one there's another woman who used to be his assistant who they were staying at the same hotel for something and he invited her up to his room for a glass of wine and she said that she felt pressured because he was her boss and then they got up there and he was just in a tank top and sweats in his in his own hotel room right okay. which is fucking wildly inappropriate wildly um and then i guess she said that he made some sexual references or something and talked about how hard it was to be away from his wife for months at a time and asked her to do some Native American handshake where you like hold both hands really tight so you can like feel each other's like uh, fucking heartbeats or whatever, you know. And then there was a third woman who says that she was given a drink by Neil deGrasse Tyson and was drugged um, mm. and was then raped by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, hashtag believe all women. Yeah. That's all I got to say so, about that. So, he offered me a glass of water. As in 2014, Tachaya Ahmet, I am sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, a former classmate of Tyson's at the University of Texas in Austin, wrote a blog post in which she accused him of rape, which she alleges took place in 1984. He offered me a glass of water, she wrote in 2014. I accepted a liquid in a cup made out of a coconut shell. I recall coming back to consciousness briefly. Then the next thing I remember is seeing him in the hallway the next day. I've lived in this nightmare for 30 years and it stops today. Watson says she reached out to Amet to express her support. I just wanted to reach out and say that Neil deGrasse Tyson tried to seduce me into having sex with him and it was super messed up and I had to quit my job. Watson wrote to Amet. Watson told Amet she was worried that Tyson would try to do the same to another woman. Hmm. 
Interesting. So. That's, uh, yeah, I'm not happy about that. No. Um, I didn't think that you would be, but I figured that it was something that you should know about. So I heard about that this morning. That's like a pop culture grab bag type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, we'll go a little bit lighthearted, right? A little bit of Red Please. Dead. So I was playing Red Dead this week, right? I'm jealous. Running along on my horse, riding, you know, doing something. Always ride out with my pump action shotgun out because I don't fuck around. Finally got one, by and the way. You did? Mm-hmm. Good. My pump action shotgun is like a really nice like silver on the barrel and it's like a dark wood. And I think I told you I have like a wolf or something fucking carved. Yeah. Oh, God. It's fucking sweet. <laughs> it's great. And I just roll around and I blast slugs into people and it kills them in one shot. And that's... Bad guys. That's the real key. Yeah. I actually do mostly good shit in that game. But I decided... After I beat it, I'm going to go back, play it again, do really bad shit the whole yeah. time. Um, yeah, because there's a little morality so. type meter. Every time you do something good or nice for people, it yeah. goes up. Yeah. And I usually just say, I don't know. I, 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 I go back before. I go back and forth between good and bad. Yeah. Like if something happens, because a little gray dot will come up when something's happening, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'll stop and I'll just kind of watch. And I'll let it develop in front of me and kind of feel out the situation for who I feel like is the good guy and the bad guy. And then we'll decide whether or not I'm going to intervene or if someone notices me and they try and attack me, I'll just fucking kill them. Mm -hmm. And usually we'll kill the bad guy, but we'll always go back and loot them afterwards. Like, I feel (laughs) like you have to loot them, you know, (laughs) like, what are you really doing if you're not looting them afterwards? He's dead. What's he going to do with it? So speaking of bad guys in Red Dead, right? Riding along, pump action shotgun out. It's dark. It's like in the middle of the night. so Dangerous, man. Yep. So I'm riding along and there's some people like talking in a group over, you know, over off the road. And so I stopped and I looked over and some people with torches up in the woods. Yeah, you find some some dudes? So I walked over there. In hoods? And there's fucking like nine clansmen up in a circle, right? And so Jordan's sitting there with me and I'm like... What like what do I do? Like I don't. What do I do about this? Because this doesn't seem right, you know. Yeah. She's like, you should kill them. You should <laughs> definitely kill them. So, so I got off my horse. I I crept over. I took a piece of dynamite and I yes. dropped it over into the middle of the group of clansmen. Killed three quarters of them with the dynamite and then killed the other ones. Looted them all. Stole one's horse and went back to camp. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And then I ran into some more clansmen just yesterday. Um, two regular ones and then like a grand dragon or something. He was in a black robe and they were trying to put up a cross. Oh. And the cross fell down on the two guys trying to put it up and killed them. And I was standing there watching and then I killed the grand dragon and I took all their shit. Um, yes. So that's how I... And the thing about that... You don't lose any karma for killing the KKK. Yep. You know, is that's what I noticed is your morality meter doesn't go down when you kill the KKK. No. Actually, you know, what's really funny is I think it was yesterday Rogan had on one of his comedian buddies and somehow Red Dead came up. Mm-hmm. And the guy that was on is like, he loves Red Dead. It's and, great. And it, he talked about the KKK guys. It's weird. Apparently, it comes into the story at some point. And you go, I guess there's a guy that goes undercover to... And I think he like I don't know if he kills them all or what I don't know yet I'm not that that far yet but I am into the south so I would imagine we're gonna run across them pretty soon right right we are yeah I'm still down. down in that south area yeah and I haven't moved a third time yet I'm still in the second area but I have a feeling okay. I'm I'm getting right about to move yeah so because I sure. was because I was just in Rhodes and 
the Civil War veteran with the one leg who I gave money to. Did you give money to the same man? Yeah, I um, think so. He tells you, he's like, there's been a bunch of people in this town that are looking for you. Like, you should probably get the fuck out of here. But I think I just have one more mission left. Oh, you know what? storyline. And then I'm going to... I didn't give that guy money. Oh, you should. He gives you little tips. That's why I was kind of blown aback. You just give him a dollar. Yeah, there, There's a, dollar. a mission. Yeah. And you, you're kind of walking into town. You go, wait a minute. Something's not right here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So you're almost ready to pick up and move shop. Yeah. That's pretty fun, though. Yeah. So it's I'm, always exciting to go to the next area. I'm going to do that today, I think. Trenton just got back in town, so we're going to hang out. I'm going to eat. I think I might eat some Burger King or something. I'm, I'm pretty mm. hungry. Um, and he just bought a ping pong table, and his car is too small, so I'm going to help him bring a ping pong table to his house. There you go. Um, and it's going to be sweet. <laughs> he's not a large individual. He's a, he's a small man, but he's a, he's a great guy. He's a good dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I did that in Red Dead... One other thing. That's so funny. Okay, so another reason that Ben Shapiro was a douche, right? Because <laughs> ben, Shami- ben Shapiro pronounces people's names wrong on purpose. And yeah. I think that that's fucked up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's part of his own the lips I character. I just think that that's shitty. Like, yeah. I just think that it's a shitty thing to do, mm-hmm. you know? But... Like cocaine, Mitch? Yeah. I like cocaine. Coolie and Assange. And, oh, you yeah. know, acting like he he doesn't know what uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's name is and all that bullshit. Um, well, in his defense, it is a mouthful. It is. Um, um, I, I think I only listened to his show once this week. <laughs> we both said I'm at the same time. I'm excited <laughs> um, to hear that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I only listened to like one of his shows this week because... Again, it's been, I guess the news cycle's been a little slow up until this week, obviously. Yeah. But uh, whenever it's slow, I don't like to listen to him because it's just this. It's bashing the left, bash the left, bash yeah. the left. It's, that's not what I want to hear. I'm not into no. that kind of commentary, you know. But every now and again, he does a good one. Uh, what's it called? Uh, the Daily was on, on point this week. They had some good ones. Um, but I wanted to... I said something yesterday that just kind of so natural, but I have made a determination about a classification of cheese. So American or cheese, as we all know, in the is not cheese. The individual slices? Yeah, you know, well, yeah, sometimes. Otherwise, it comes in this airy loaf. It's like gelatinized cheese product. Okay. Like American cheese is – it's – Straight garbage. Right. But it's, it's just delicious processed. garbage. Yeah. You know, it's really, really good. Like the craft singles. Yeah. Well, I've, and so kind of I have this kind of hate relationship with American cheese, except for when it goes on grilled cheese sandwiches because childhood, that's magic. Don't mess with that. Um, but I have, I, I came to this epiphany last night. Carolina came home. She went out and got us these delicious beers and got some groceries and stuff. And she's like, yeah, I got some mild cheddar cheese. The orange mild cheddar cheese. Yes. And I said, you know, mild cheddar cheese is the privileged white, you know, cisgendered white male <laughs> of the internet intersectional cheese hierarchy. I don't want to hear about mild cheddar cheese anymore. It doesn't taste <laughs> like anything. It's just, it, it's just not standard. quite American cheese. Yeah. But I don't want it anymore. No moss. So I put it you? on my breakfast sandwich today and I was like. I'm just using it to hold the eggs and the sausage together at that point. So are you moving up to sharp? What's the what's Sharp is where it's what's the at. Plan? Sharp is where it's at. I you agree. Know, 
I bought that that basket at the charity auction. It came with a big old can of Cougar Gold, which mm. is a sharp white cheddar cheese made at WSU by WSU. Um, and that's yeah, sharp cheddar cheese is hard to beat for a me. A good block of Tillamook sharp cheddar cheese. Yeah, bees knees, bro. So good. Yeah, but you know, I was at Walmart a couple weeks ago before Thanksgiving, and we were getting some things for the for the meal. And there are, there's this, you know, this open refrigerator that they have that just kind of sits there in the aisles and stuff. And it's open and, and there's just, there's probably a hundred just big blocks of mild cheddar cheese, yeah. yellow. And I'm like, what is this garbage people are selling? I'm done with it. I'm sorry. I have a thing about mild cheddar cheese now. It just needs to go away. We Colby some... Jack kind of gets away with it, even though it doesn't really taste like anything because yeah. it's got a cool pattern the pattern that gets away with it we made some calzones this week mm-hmm. um and i bought some fresh mozzarella a ball of fresh mozzarella oh yeah put in there. oh it was so fucking good yeah i had fresh like, moats is so good like salami in there moats. pepperoni in there some ricotta cheese the fresh oh, mozzarella stop. cheese a little bit of prosciutto in one oh afi it was fucking heat oh that's mm. was delicious those italian when you think of like a charcuterie board yeah. Um, like those Italian cured meats, like, you know, capicola and salami and pepperoni and prosciutto, all that stuff. So good. And some really good, you know, cheeses to go with that. A little bit of bread right there. You know, I always like the, uh, like the stuffed olives and the pepperoncinis and all those vinegary. Mm-hmm. Dude, I could eat that. As long as you include noodles and red sauce, I could probably have <laughs> those foods for the rest of my life and live very, very happy. Very, very fat, but very, very happy. Yeah. Yeah. All all in moderation, of course. All in moderation. Just only eat once a day and you'll be good to go. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to go back to doing that again. (laughs) No, no, (laughs) don't do that. We know the consequences. Don't don't do that. Um, I also heard this week that life expectancy dropped for the second year in a row, right? Yep. It dropped by one-tenth of a year to 78.6 years due to suicides which was the highest increase in a decade I can see and that. and overdoses um, oh, largely yeah, yeah. due to fentanyl and uh yeah. prescription drugs and and opioids mm. which I thought was pretty interesting yeah but weed is the real enemy yeah i heard something and i don't know how truthful this is but apparently i think some uh local washington universities are actually trying to get their hands on some some research grants and stuff to do, do some more uh research for various cannabinoids that aren't just thc and CBD. so i'm hoping that that gets some uh some legs and really gets going do you think that more people are killing themselves because they hate president trump no because that's the highest increase in a decade i think it's because of social media that's what you think i would point my finger at it directly online harassment online bullying these kids are i mean you see it all the time now and you know Videos and stuff of like parents sucks. getting so bad, like it, they go to like the school to confront them, yeah, the kids or whatever, and then it just makes it worse because you can't do that. But it's kids these days, man, are terrible people. Casey's little sister goes to alternative school because she was getting bullied so bad at regular school. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's weird. That's what I said. But yeah. apparently, that's the case. It, I mean, I don't know. You never know, man. It's, I, it's terrible, man. I don't know. I'm sure that there are some kids 
that I went to high school with that thought that I was a bully. But I wasn't like a dickhead just in general, you know. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't just like a general bully. But there was definitely some kids that I fucked with just because that's who I fucked with. But um, I don't know. All young and dumb once. I also don't think... I also don't think that I really did anything like excessive to the point that like I would make anybody feel that bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I won't know until that 10 year reunion, you know, when I see someone who's like, you know, you were a real cock when we were in <laughs> high school and you're not quite such a cock now. And that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> so, I mean, I like, I like to think that I'm a little bit less of a dick than I was in high school. I can, but I don't know. I, I, would, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no historical evidence to base this on, but yeah. I don't think you're a dick. Um, I could see how you're straightforward and, uh, relatively elevated speaking voice some people really don't like probably (laughs) freak some people out and you know but that's because we live in the passive aggressive capital of the world so yeah don't feel don't feel bad about that no there's some people that really just don't just don't like me just don't really vibe with with how i get down you know which i think that i can understand but yeah it's funny i like i've always been one of those people that you know i and it sounds weird to say this but not to be conceited in any way, but I feel like I've always been one of those people that most people I meet just, I don't ever really offend people. Yeah. Mostly. Like I'm You're a pretty nice a, guy. Pretty easy going. Yeah. I'm a pretty easy guy to get along with and, you know, but every now and again, and I, I could probably only point to about two or three people my whole life that for whatever reason, I don't know what I did or said, but like they have it out against me. Yeah. And I mean, I've had it happened to the point where it like i've had people like directly stab me in the back trying to pin stuff on me and it like it's not but i don't know why every now and again somebody just comes (laughs) along and for whatever reason like you're just the one that pisses in their cheerios every single day i don't know i know one kid in particular i'm not gonna share his name but um that trenton was friends with but he did not like me at all did not like (laughs) me at all and like you know we got into it a couple times but not really anything big that would like cause him to fucking hate me and i asked trenton one day i'm like yo just ask him just ask him one time like what's like the beef and he told trenton he's like i just don't like him like there's just something about him about the way that he just acts i just don't like you have you a know. genetic nemesis <laughs> and or something. I just like that is so weird. Yeah. Like the pheromones you guys put off puts him in a uh, in a fight stance. I got to take this guy out. Because he's, he's there's trouble. like there have been people that I have met that I've been like I don't I don't like this guy. You know, I don't like this person and there's some I couldn't tell you what it is, but there's some type of something. But something always happens later mm-hmm. and I'm like that's why. Like yep. because I felt that when I met him, you know, like, that's, yeah. that's why I knew that, you know, good judge of character. But this particular dude, I'm like, I, I got no idea, you know, but it always made me nervous to be around him just because I'm like, I just don't understand this. Like, because it was one of those things that like we talked about, I didn't understand, you know, so it just yeah. confused the fuck out of me. Like, like I was I like, I just it, don't get this. Like, why aren't we cool? Yeah. What happened? Trenton also used to have another best friend. <sighs> I don't want to share his name either, just in case. Mm. Um, but he also did not like me, and I just told my mom the story the other day. That's so fucking funny. And um, he had a girlfriend call her fucking 
Samantha. Samantha. Right? So his girlfriend, Samantha. Um, Arnold, Arnold and Samantha. Okay. So, we'll go with that. Um, Arnold and Samantha used to like break up all the time, right? But Arnold and Trenton like played, um, soccer together, I think is how they met. And so we all, you know, kind of like hung out and ate lunch together and did whatever. And one day Arnold and Samantha break up and Arnold was really kind of a fucking prickhead. And so he didn't stay with us, but Samantha doesn't really have any other friends because all she knows is Arnold. And so Samantha sat with us, right? Me and Trenton. And, um, that lunchroom dynamic is important. So weird. And so she's sitting there and it's like two weeks before homecoming or whatever. And she's all super butt hurt, you know, because now Arnold isn't going to take her to homecoming and, Mm. you know, she's got a dress and all this stuff. And I was like, well, I wasn't going to go because I don't do Uh-oh. that. You know, I'm like, but like, if you're going to like be upset about it, like I'll, t- I'll take you, you know, like that's because I'm a good guy, <laughs> you know, so cause I'm a good guy. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> so she goes and she tells Arnold that I asked her to homecoming and that, you know, I like her and all this stuff. And oh. so he starts beefing with me and I'm like, that's not even what happened. I'm like, that's not even a little bit how this went down. And then, like, we had a couple classes together, and um, we, we just would fucking chip at each other from across the room. And he told some people once that he was going to, like, whoop my ass. And then I ran into him in the hallway, and I was with this other kid I knew, Brandon. And so me and Brandon, and that's his real name. Um, and me and Brandon are sitting there. And Brandon and Arnold also had, had beef at another point. And so Brandon just straight grabs Arnold out of the hallway and he's like, so I heard that uh, you said you were going to beat Donovan up. And I was like, yeah, what's good? And he was like, no, I never said that. And we're like, that's weird because like 10 fucking people told me today that you told them that you were going to whoop my ass, you know? And he's like, no, man, I never said that, blah, blah, blah. And this happens like three, four times in between junior and senior year yeah. that he like says this and then like, after being called out about it, he's like, no, I didn't say that. I'm like, then why do you keep doing this? Like, Talking like, shit behind your back. Stupid shit. Stupid, stupid shit. That's high school, man. <sighs> yeah. And now they have a baby now and I'm on the precipice of having to be like parent friends with them because our kids are going to go to school together, you know? Wait, wait, wait. So they got back together. Yes. Oh. Yes. Arnold and Samantha are fucking married, dog. They're married oh. with a kid. Yeah. Wow. Arnold and Sammy out here married. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was going to tell you this before. Um, whenever you're telling a story, right? My boss does this thing where whenever he's telling a story and there's other people in it, like friends he went to high school with, like it doesn't matter who they are to us, right? Yeah. So he just uses whoever, whoever's in the room or whoever we all know <laughs> yeah. as substitute names. That's funny. So I can't tell you how many times I – in a story have been in the backseat of a car in 1969 driving down to Mexico <laughs> to go do peyote in the desert with, <laughs> with my other boss apparently who's <laughs> sitting in the backseat with me. That's funny. And then we get pulled over by Mexican authorities on the way back and we got peyote juice all of our all the way down our back. Peyote because juice. Because we've been trying to smuggle it out in pillow bags. Oh my and God. um cops start giving us guff about it and Turns out we're either going to go to jail or we give them $25. $25. So we give them $25 and we're out. That's we're, a pretty good deal, $25. We got to leave the peyote, which is in a pillowcase, out in the desert. Oh, they won't let what? us bring it back. Yeah. So I don't know how many stories just like that I've been involved in in the, you know, the late 60s, mid 70s. That's funny. Yeah. That man has some amazing, he's had a very eventful life. He's very interesting. 
I don't remember why I started telling that story about Samantha and Arnold. <laughs> it's a good story. Yeah. That's I think it had to do with Trenton and friends and best friends. Oh, people not liking you. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that, so that was one of those kids that mm-hmm. me and Arnold just did not, just couldn't, just couldn't get along. Just mm-hmm. always, you know. That's funny. And, so I have a little, tiny little pop culture news. Worse. And I swear to God, we haven't been doing the podcast this long, but I have been waiting for this to happen for so long. I'm not a fan of it happening, but I've been waiting for it to happen for a long time. There's officially a Christmas song that has gotten me to What? Baby, it's cold outside. Oh, my God. Because you listen to that song. Oh, definitely. It's pretty jacked up. Definitely. But, yeah, a radio station in Cleveland, Ohio, has decided to remove Baby, it's cold outside from its playlist. Because that guy's trying to rape that girl pretty much? Eh, you know, <laughs> it was a different time. It's definitely being a little bit more forceful than you could get away with. Yeah, now. right. The whole yeah. Listen to the song. Listen to the lyrics. You'll understand. It's pretty jacked up. But so we might just have to. Uh, you know, somebody might have to remake that song with some some post Me Too era lyrics. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just thought that was. I've been waiting for it to happen, man. Because I just know, and I was like, dude, this isn't. Do people like? I don't agree with like pulling all these songs down and all this, you know, we can have a conversation about that. But this is the one Christmas song I can't believe nobody's called out yet. And they finally did. That's funny. Very interesting. I think that's about the end of my grab bag, to be honest. Words. Well, I have some pop culture. Um, Ariana Grande put out a new music video for a song that is called Thank You Next. Um, that's about like the boyfriends that she's oh, had. Oh, her. Okay. And which actually, she just broke up with that other Pete Davidson. Yeah. Yeah. You should watch. So Pete Davidson made that joke about the Republican guy with the eye patch. Yeah. Right. Did you watch his apology? Oh yeah. The, wasn't that great? That dude's awesome. Wasn't I, that great? He he and I think he and his wife maybe uh, just posted a video on something uh, where he was touring his new office really showing it it's it's just an empty congressional office yeah but it was pretty cool it was like a it's like a little mini cribs i like him yeah i like him so far forget where he's at but he's a he's a house rep he's a congressman yeah yeah so you got to see um like what he said about veterans and shit i thought that was Mm -hmm. really cool i thought that was rad yeah Um, that was a i don't know what three four weeks ago maybe something like that yeah yeah yeah, he he because essentially, yeah, somebody called him out. Yeah, yeah, that guy made a joke about his eye patch or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I remember going back and watching the joke, and it was just a crappy joke that didn't land. Said he looked like a bad guy in a porno. Yeah, that's what he said. Which I mean, but you know, the dude was like, "Hey, man," he's like, "I didn't really think it was funny, but more power to you. We just right. need to, we just need to attack ideas, not the not the people." Yeah. And essentially that was his major message and I thought it was really good. Yeah. I really like what he's I'm you know, for all like the new kind of activisty type people we got getting into Congress, you know. I I'm happy to see like with um <clears throat> Derek Hilmer getting that chairmanship and some of these new people coming in are actually good, I think. I think they're gonna be good for the system. Yeah. I like a lot of what a lot of these young guys have. <clears throat> really excited about the future, to be honest. So, so Ariana's music video came uh-huh. out, um, and she said something about you know she Mac Miller was an angel, and um, I guess she said something. 
Have you ever heard the term big dick energy before? BDE. Yeah. Yeah. So you know that came from Ariana Grande? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. So I guess she said something about uh, oh Pete God. Davidson having a big dick. And that's where that came from. Oh, okay. Was because Pete Davidson has a big cock. He's got BDE. Apparently. That's funny. So that's where that came from. Because I originally heard that from somebody who is at least a generation older than I am. <laughs> I, it's, it's the same character that tells stories that way about putting people in the room there. That's funny. Um, he was. That's where I first heard it from. But I, I think it was pretty new to him, too. Yeah. So, but... Yeah, we That's use that funny. term all the time now. <laughs> that dude's got BDE. Um, and then the Kareem Hunt thing, right? So yes, yesterday, video footage was released because that's the last thing and then we'll go into sports. Um, so video footage was released yesterday, by obtained and released by TMZ from Kareem Hunt's apartment. Um, not inside his apartment, from the hallway, that's right? Not, yeah. Where... You can see him like having an argument with a woman and he pushes her pretty aggressively and then goes around the corner and his one of his friends is trying to talk to her and then he comes around the corner and he fucking runs into his friend and then his friend runs into the girl and they both fall over. And then at the end of the video, he like kicks the girl in the leg. And so I guess that girl was 19 and she was shit based and they were all hanging out and doing whatever. And um, they went back to Cream Hunt's apartment but didn't want those girls to go in there. And so he wouldn't let them in there. But then the girls were drunk. And so they're just sitting outside his apartment, slam, you know, banging on the door and causing a fucking ruckus. And so he comes out and does that. Cream Hunt and I are the same age. Mm. Right? Cream Hunt and I are the exact same age. And so. Bad move, bro. <clears throat> Call so the cops. this event happened in February. Okay. Right? So wow. When, so when it happened, an investigation was open in the NFL and with whatever. And I guess they talked to Kareem Hunt and he lied about what happened. Right? So then the video Ooh. came out. And as soon as the video came out, he got put on, I think it's called the commissioner's list. Where not allowed to practice, not allowed to play, not allowed to do anything. Right? And like an hour later, the Chiefs cut him. Chiefs are like, you're done. Yeah. You're out of here. I'm pretty We're sure done. they just signed him to a big ass con- Ah, he, He's probably still on a rookie deal. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, they so they cut him. So, like I said, he, he's 23 years old. He'll almost definitely be signed by another team. They're going to do another investigation. He'll probably be suspended for a year at least. Mm-hmm. And then he'll almost definitely be signed by another team. Um, crazy. Yeah. Crazy, 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 crazy. Just, you're in your apartment. The door's locked. They're making a bunch of noise. Call the cops. They'll come in and get him. I guess after he pushed that girl down and did that shit, she went down to the lobby and asked to use... Their phone took all night, and one of the guy that the guy that does said no, and one of Cream Hunt's homeboys took her phone because one of her friends was recording the altercation, oh. right? And so his friend snatched the phone and deleted the video and shit. So she had to go up there and get her phone from Cream Hunt's friends to be able to call the cops. Well, you know, poor life choices, people. Yeah, poor life choices. All bad news. Yeah, in the video, you can see his friend snatch the phone out of her friend's hand, and he's. Obviously sitting there like working on it. So, wow. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, that's that's terrible. Crazy. That's, I mean, it's and I hate to say it, but I mean, and I'm I'm no opponent to of of drinking alcohol and all this, but kind of shit, man. It that kind of stuff only happens when people have been out boozing. Yeah, you know it. It when you're 19, you shouldn't be fucking, yeah, shouldn't be out there all. drinking, you know what I'm saying, and doing shit like that. And I'm not saying I didn't, you yeah. know. And who knows the circumstance, but if you're hanging out, yeah, if you're somebody that's of legal age like that and you're 
hanging out with people that are underage getting hammer plast. Right. You don't you need to remove yourself from that situation because you are now kind of an accessory to her drinking. Yeah. You know, and that is that's only gonna be bad, man. Only gonna be bad. Well, there's a difference between giving your little cousin a beer at the family barbecue and taking a 19-year-old out with you to a club and getting yeah. her fucked up and then bringing her back to your apartment. You That's know? two, two like different worlds. Way different deals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he'll get yeah. he'll get something. Oh, that's, I got that. I got a sheet of paper I got to grab out of my car. Oh, that's right. Her. So I'll, I'll be Sports back. Sports in, in a few yeah. seconds. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I forgot about that. I'm trying to think. Um, we did cover it in the uh, uh, in the pre-show. Oh yeah, I locked you in here. <laughs> um, but there was a major earthquake in Alaska that hit on Friday, I believe, seven point outside of Anchorage. Um, building damage. You know, there's some insane pictures out there. I wish we had the capability to show some of them. But uh, you know, in some areas, the like the road, the earth just opened up. And you could see this this poor guy in a car that got trapped in the middle of like this big rift that came out. The car is just sitting there. Um, you know, I'm sure there'll be a series of aftershocks that are probably still going on. And they usually go on for, I think, up to a month or so later, depending on how big it was. But, aftershocks are the earthquake. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's something we mentioned in the pre-show and I forgot to bring up yes. earlier. But as of right now, I haven't heard of any deaths or anything like that, but... You know, it's that was a big one, and seven point is like a real like big ass fuck me moment. Yeah, I think I've I don't know the biggest one I've been in, maybe five ish when I was younger. Because mm-hmm. I remember we were out, we were at lunch, and, and I was in junior high. Big one. I was in kindergarten the last time we had a big yeah. one earthquake here, which makes sense. I'd be in junior high. Since yeah, I'm so old. <laughs> and uh but yeah we're all in the lunchroom and i remember my lunchroom had just a ton of windows that looked out over like the uh the ball fields and stuff like that that's where everybody went to go hang out and play soccer and football and stuff afterwards and uh so earthquake hits and everybody's like you know half the kids are all start looking around half of them dive underneath tables yeah and me and my buddy were like screw this we're the fuck out of here the door's right over there we're gone so we run outside and you can look at the end of like the track field and soccer field and stuff. It's pretty far away. And you can see this row of trees, right? And the whole thing is waving. What? Yeah, because the earth is just rippling, man. It's rippling and it's insane to watch. That's crazy. Yeah. It's the power. And that wasn't, that's not even close to a 7.0. That's crazy. So, I mean, it's definitely not the kind that opens up massive holes in, in the side of highways, right. but. Yeah, pretty crazy. So I got to check into that because, yeah, I think I mentioned it during the pre-show, but some of the guys that were at the conference I went to on Thursday were yeah. down from Anchorage and they flew back on Friday. That's crazy. Ooh, tough one. <clears throat> okay, so sports, sports, so, sports, sports. Um, some shit from last week, right, um, <laughs> that I forgot to say. Lamar Jackson two weeks ago had 20 – he's a quarterback, okay. right, for – the Ravens right now because Joe Flacco is out. Lamar Jackson was their first-round pick, the 32nd overall pick of the draft this last year. Lamar Jackson had 27 carries for 117 yards, which is a record Money. by a quarterback by, like, a lot. I think the previous record was 22. Woo! And he said, fuck that. He's like, um, I'm smashing it. Yep. And Andrew Luck and the Colts have had no sacks through five games. 
Five games now, one fucking sack. They've had an incredible offensive line. And then one of their offensive linemen, Andrew Norwell, he went out last week Uh-oh. after they went out these five games. Um, I don't think that they had a sack last week, but I don't know for sure. Um, Leonard Fournette and a defensive back for Buffalo. They got ejected last week during the game because they t- so... See, what happened was... It's like Dante Moncrief, I think... And some corner went up to go for a ball and they both wrapped their arms around it. And so they laid on top of each other, fighting over who was going to let go of the ball first for like a really long time, right? So while that's happening, people are coming over there arguing and all this shit. So Leonard Fournette's not even in the play, right? But he comes over off the sideline and starts fucking throwing punches with one of the defensive backs that's there. Uh. And so then they take, they take Leonard Fournette's helmet off and all this stuff. So he got ejected from the game and he's suspended this week. Because Ooh. he wasn't even involved in the play. Can't do um, that, guys. After that game, the Jags fired their offensive coordinator. And they named Cody Kessel their starter because Blake Bortles is so goddamn terrible. Um, <laughs> Andy Dalton got placed on IR because he fucked up his thumb. And that's how you get the Driscoll. The Driscoll. That's how you get the Driscoll in there. Who I'm um, starting this week. The Redskins signed Reuben Foster. And he got cut by the 49ers last week because he had some domestic violence shit that came up in the team hotel when they were traveling. Ooh. Then I'll have to look up a story on that because I didn't read an article about it, but I know that's what happened. So we got signed by the Redskins. Okay. Um, that's how I know the Cream Hunt is going to get his job back. Um, <laughs> and then Carrion Johnson is not going to play this week. Alex Collins just got put on IR. Melvin Gordon has a grade two MCL sprain and is going to be out several weeks. I also have his fucking backup. I'm winning this goddamn league, Colin. I'm winning <laughs> this motherfucking league. Um, I had the Andy Dalton was day-to-day, but obviously he's uh, on IR now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marlon Mack had a concussion. He was day-to-day. I'm pretty sure he's going to play. Marvin Jones, wide receiver for the Lions. He's on IR, so he's out. And Andrew Norwell, he's out for the rest of the season. Um, so, motherfuckers is done out here, you know? Yeah. Who are you playing this week in fantasy? Uh, let's see here. I am playing Team Caves. Michael. Oh, I beat him. You can you can beat him. I think I oh, beat him. Oh, maybe I didn't beat Michael. I think I beat him last time, but it was probably like point one or something like that. Yeah. It was insane. But it, it I got can be real done. nervous for a minute. Yeah. As of right now, I got to play Casey this week. Um, and then the playoffs start next week. And so as it sits right now, Michael has to play Case Bowles. Joe has to play Chad. I have to play Boston Casey. And Morgan would be playing Lacey. Sorry, Morgs. Yep. But Morgan or but Lacey just lost Kareem Hunt. This is so true. we'll see what she what she can pull together here. Um I'm excited Gronk's back this week. She's got Chris Carson. She picked up Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. And the thing about Kareem Hunt is that he's just projected for zero points. Hmm. Um because He's not suspended or anything yet. He's not hurt. He's not whatever. So you can't like put him on your IR, you know, yeah. but he's not on anyone's team. So I don't know. I would assume that in like redraft leagues, you could, you could probably go ahead and drop Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he'll be playing for the rest of this season, but I guess we'll see what happens with that. Um, <clears throat> I'm watching Devin Funches right now because he's questionable. Mm-hmm. He didn't play last week. Yeah. He's right now, he's questionable, but. I mean, Did he practice like, on Friday? Does it say? Trying to see. Funches has in the Panthers offense gives him WR3 value. Is there like a 
the bottom article usually with like the fire next to it. It will mm-hmm. have to do with his practice. It's questionable for Sunday's game against Tampa Bay of the Panthers official state reports. Mm. So he's questionable. He's trying to read the spin. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know yet. He plays sucks. on, let's see, when do they play? I might have a little time to, to wave this. Sunday at 10. And Ooh. then my replacement, because I think, yeah, I got him in a flex spot. And it would probably either be Frank Gore or Taylor Gabriel mm. Bears. Mm. So, well, we don't know. And the Bears are playing the Giants. That's a pretty good matchup. Yeah. But the Bears have their backup quarterback, Chase Daniels, playing this week. Mitch Trubitsky is still out. So, yeah, he, think- he did okay last week. I think I'm going to roll the dice because I don't want to. I don't want to take a chance on pulling a zero again this week. Right. Just it's make just, sure you check your lineup before the game start tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm making some moves. I'm going to go ahead and start him, Gabriel now. So everybody I've got on here, he's got no cues, no no. Uh, All good to go. Yeah. No. All, no IIRs anymore. Word. Thank goodness. But I'm not playing. Even though Rex Burkhead's off IR now, I'm not going to play him this week. Oh, I wouldn't either. No, because, you know, it's one thing if he starts to get in there and if he starts to get, you know, some good play time and maybe get some numbers, that would be a potential use in the playoffs going forth. But I'm not willing to to bet anything on it now. Right. Because I don't think he's going to be – if he does come back and start performing, it will be in, you know, two, three weeks, I think. Yeah. So I've literally been holding on to him the entire season on IR – for the most part, and because I think he got three games in, and then he got hurt, and then he got hurt, and so I just don't want to drop him. I got the I got room on the bench, so I'm just keeping him, and hopefully I'll get a chance to play him again. But I'm not going to count on it. Yeah, we'll see what happens because they got yeah. James White over there, Sony Michelle, so mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but that's all I have for sports. Very nice. Do you have anything else going in there? No. Okay. Are you ready for? Oh, I'm, one of these? I'm never ready, but I'm always ready. Okay. <laughs> I want to pick a good one. Um, you know, I'm just feeling really patriotic, so this is where I'm going with it. Child pageantry is an essential part of the American fabric. You know what? We should dress up our little kids just to show other people that we can. I like scatty and butter. <laughs> That's my retort to that. <laughs> Honey boo boo. <laughs> Honey boo boo. 